Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. As uh, our tradition is that we remain standing in honor of reading God's word. So I invite you to hear these words from Ephesians 1, 16 through 21. I do not cease to give you thanks, to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. According to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly place. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. And let us pray. O living God, we do ask for your spirit to be present here today. We ask, Father, for that spirit to fall afresh on us. Walk among us, Lord Father. Open our hearts and our eyes and our ears. And Father, I pray that your words are the words that are spoken today. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, amen. The resurrection of Jesus Christ caused quite a commotion. There was a lot of talking afterwards, and there was a lot of fear. Jesus' disciples even hid behind closed doors because of their fear. They had been seen with Jesus, and now they were afraid that they would be recognized. You see, no one could understand or comprehend the magnitude of the death and resurrection of Jesus. I believe that even today that many still struggle with understanding and accepting what Jesus did for us on the cross. For Christians, Easter is at the heart of our faith. Even from the beginning, from the birth of Jesus, Jesus was misunderstood. When he was born, people heard of the Christ child, but their idea of a Messiah was a warrior. A warrior, one that was a Messiah that was going to come and destroy the Roman government and set and restore their kingdom of Israel. Instead, the one they thought would physically save them had been crucified on a cross, had died, 
But there was rumors that on the third day that when the women went to the tomb to prepare his body, that the tomb was empty. There was gossip that some of the women and some of the disciples had even seen the risen Christ. Could they believe what they had heard? Because they had yet to see. Children, in box one, you may draw a picture of the risen Christ. What he might look like to you. The birth of the Messiah had been promised throughout the Old Testament prophecies. The prophet Isaiah prophesied, and you know, it's that, that favorite scripture we hear at Christmas that says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and a peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom. To establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. Do you realize that it's only been a little over three months since we celebrated Christmas, since we put up all of our decorations in our tree and stored them back up in our attic. For me, it seems like it's been a lot longer than three months. I keep thinking it for long, it's going to be time to put them out again. But only three months since we celebrated his birth. Without Christmas, though, without the birth of Christ, there would be no Easter. There would not have been the suffering, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God sent his son. At Christmas time, God demonstrated his love for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God's gift of Jesus had a purpose. However, God's gift was misunderstood. At least I believe that it was. And from what the Bible tells us, many people did not understand about God's gift. Children, in box two, you may draw a picture of yourself opening a present or a gift. Now, I don't know about you, but I like getting gifts, especially if they're unexpected and I'm not expecting it. We expect something at, you know, Christmas and birthdays, maybe anniversary, things like that. But, you know, those unexpected gifts are a lot of fun. Husbands, listen, you know. <laughs> I'm hoping my husband's now listening on TV. Uh, gifts, and, and, you know, gifts can be so different because we're all different. Sometimes the gift may be something that I like. Maybe something I really wanted. Maybe I had even dropped a hint for that gift. Maybe the gift is something I wouldn't have bought for myself, but still wanted it. And then there is the gift that I don't really, that maybe after you open it, you don't really care about it, and you have no use for it, so what do you do with it? You put it up on a closet shelf and you forget about it. 
You might even give it away at a white elephant sale. I see some laughter, so somebody's done that. Or maybe it's a gift that you look at, and you look at it again, you might even turn it over and you think, what is this for? What do I do with it? When Christ was born, people could not understand the magnitude of the gift that God gave his people. And when he died and arose, people still did not fully understand. Our text today is one of my favorite scriptures. I became familiar with this text uh, when I attended a downtown Oklahoma City Bible study called Loaves and Fishes. Uh, it was um, put on by the First Methodist Church downtown. At that time, Nick Harris was pastor there. And, of course, their church had been destroyed in the bombing, and they were, at this time, meeting in the bank building just a couple of blocks from where I worked at the IRS. And so I found out about it, and I started going down there. And one day, Pastor Harris was talking about the scriptures. And he said, if you want to understand the word better, he said, if you want to have your eyes, the eyes of your hearts opened, then use this scripture. And he said, even pray this scripture, that I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation before you read God's word. Because when you ask God to open the, heart, the eyes of your heart, when you ask him to give you understanding, he will help you to understand. The spirit that is working in you will help you to understand what God is in his written word. It really was a turning point in my ministry at that time. So remember, if you're getting ready to read the word, remember this prayer from Ephesians 1, to ask God for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And now this is what Paul's prayer request is about here. Giving of the spirit of wisdom and revelation. You know, God may give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation if we ask, and then the work of the Spirit works within a believer, okay? And this spirit of wisdom and revelation helps us to understand the word and the work of God. It enlightens or it opens up the eyes of our heart. We understand the word through our heart before we do with our head. If we only understand with our head, then we're probably reading scripture wrong because we need our hearts to be opened. John Calvin writes, Till the Lord opens them, the eyes of our hearts are blind. Till the Spirit has become our instructor, all that we know is folly and ignorance. Till the Spirit of God has made it known to us by a secret revelation, 
the knowledge of our divine calling exceeds the capacity of our own minds. Now, in our text this morning, after the prayer that the Paul asking for God to give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation, there are three what's. And, it, and the first what is, he wants us to, may we know what is the hope to which he has called you. Knowing that our hope is in Christ, Jesus is our hope. Knowing that God, knowing what God has already done and what he has already provided. Knowing about God and his faithfulness is one of the reasons we have hope. We, because we've heard the stories of the Old Testament. We've heard the stories of the New Testament. We know that God is a faithful God and that when he promises something, he always keeps his promises. If we don't know that, then how can we have hope? Our hope is knowing also that we belong to God. We are a child of God. Hope is confident anticipation. It's that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see, but we still hope. The hope that we are to have is a future hope, a hope in eternal life. It's the hope of a future, knowing that as a child of God, where we're going to be one day. The second what is to know what are the riches of his glorious inheritance. Look at the word glorious. Now, we know what an inheritance is, but think about a glorious inheritance. An inheritance, I mean, can you, I, I, I think of the song, I Can Only Imagine. I mean, you know, we can only imagine what heaven is going to be like, but from what we are told in Revelation, it is going to be glorious. In him you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. This is what Paul writes just in a few verses before that. So as a Christian, we inherit eternal life. We are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. You and I, we belong to God. The last what that Paul talks about is to know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe. Now look at that word in front of greatness, immeasurable. It's beyond what we can even imagine. I mean, we can't, we can't measure it. It's not like taking a yardstick or a tape measure and going out so many feet. We can't measure it. It is 
the resurrection power. The power within us as believers is the same power that resurrected Christ from the dead. Can you imagine that? That the power that brought Jesus out of the tomb, the power that raised him from the dead, is the power that lives in us today as Christians. But I've often said that we as Christians don't understand that power because we don't use it. We let it just lay inside of us. But it's there. It's there for us to use. And God will use it. Let us use it if we will just do it. We have to take those steps to use that power. It is also the same power that took Jesus, who rose Jesus to the ascension, to sit at the right hand of God on his throne. On Mondays, we always share, uh, Pastor Aaron always has a, I I call it a critique session, because we get to critique, tomorrow I get to sit in the critique chair, because the staff will critique my message today, and then we'll go over the the scripture for the following week, but anyway, one of the, uh, we, we didn't get to have that meeting this week, but I did get some input over the the uh, message that we have, and one of our staff members said this, that our, spe- that our expectations of God seem pretty low. How much power did he use to raise Jesus from the dead? That same power is available to us who believe. And then they said, why is my faith so small? Why is our faith so small? Why is it that we tend to not believe that everyone in here, everyone watching online, has the same power that the person sitting beside you has? And for the church, I remind you that the church, who is the church? That's right, we are the people, we are the church. And you think about what the church will be if everyone that has is using that power as a body of Christ. For the church, the power Paul speaks of is a resource by which the church works continually to know and to reveal Christ. To tap in that glorious wealth spoken about in verse 18, we as the body of Christ must continue to try to understand God and his word. We as the body of Christ, our church, must continue to share with our community and others the mission of Christ. Christ came for a purpose, and our purpose is to continue to share what he gave to us. When you look at those descriptive words, the the glorious inheritance, the immeasurable greatness of his power to believers, the working of his great might, it's all available. And so the risen Christ gives substance to our hope. 
Now, if I asked you this morning to rate your hope on a scale of 1 to 20, where would your hope fall on that scale today? I want you to think about that today. And then I have a few more questions about hope. Do we share our hope? Do we encourage hope in others? And for the question that I really like and that I struggle to answer is what does hope look like? Little Joseph was turning nine years old and he was having a birthday party. There would be cake and ice cream and balloons and presents. Looked like any normal birthday party, except there was something missing. There were no friends there. There was no friends there because little Joseph had tuber tuberculosis. And little Joseph, he knew from what he had heard the doctors say and how he'd heard his parents, his grandparents, because his grandparents were raising them, and he had also had an Aunt Meg. But he had heard all of these people talking. And he knew that he wouldn't live much longer. He had heard them say that he couldn't get well. When Joseph was opening his gifts, when Uncle Bob came through the door. Now, Uncle Bob was described as the odd sheep of the family. You did not know what he might say or do. Some people would say today that he just didn't have a filter. But he came through the door and he called out, Where's my birthday boy? Where's my buddy? And he walked up to the bed, and he sat down beside Joseph, and he stuck a present there beside him. And he said, Happy birthday. Little Joseph looked at the present and began to open it. And he took off the lid, and he looked. And tears started flowing. And then he began to sob. And the sobs got harder. He sobbed so hard that he could not even catch his breath. About that time, Grandfather jumped up and ran over to the bed, and he looked in the box, and then he looked at Uncle Bob, and he said, Bob, what have you gone and done? How could you be so insensitive? And as little Joseph was sobbing and continuing to sob, he pulled out a pair of roller skates.
and sensitive? I think probably for most of us, we would think it was insensitive. Children, in box three, you may draw a picture of, of you roller skating. In his book, Turn My Morning, and that's M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, into dancing, by Henry Nouwen, he said that through our struggles, Jesus might ask us, do you believe? Do you trust? Do you trust that God loves you so much that he wants to give you only life? Nowan goes on to say about himself that I want to be sure that there are certain things in place before I take a leap of faith. Every time I try to trust, I realize how many little conditions I put on that trust. I think that as a believer, we, desi we desire to trust. We want to trust. But do we also want to add little conditions onto it before we take that final leap of faith? You know, God, you do this and maybe I'll do this. You know how we bargain with God sometimes? We try to make a deal with him. There's an old saying that goes like this. As long as there is life, there is hope. But as Christians, we hear that said, as long as there is hope, there is life. Can hope change your life? It can and it does. Because you see, without hope, we have nothing. God gave us life and hope in Jesus Christ. In his birth, in his life, in his death, and finally, in his resurrection, he is our gift of life and hope. You know, as Par Harvey says it now for the rest of the story, little Joseph, the story that I shared with you was told some 40 years later by an older Joseph. And he told a group that I had dreams, I had hopes, I had ambitions, but I was running out of hope. He told this story and said that Uncle Bob and those ball-bearing roller skates gave him hope in getting well and living. Everyone had been telling me I was going to die, that I could not live, the doctors, my grandparents, I had nothing to look forward to until Uncle Bob gave me a gift telling me that I could live. A pair of roller skates? That was a gift that Joseph could only use if he lived. But little Joseph seen something in that pair of roller skates that others did not see, and so did Bob. You see, Uncle Bob believed, and so he gave Joseph a gift 
of life and hope because he believed that Joseph could live. Beloved, this is what God did for you and I. At Christmas time, when he sent his son, Jesus Christ, his one and only son, he sent him as a gift to us so that we did not have to die. Humanity was out of hope before Christmas, before Christ came. We was a doomed nation. But God loved his people so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. You and I don't have to die. We get to live. That's how much we are loved. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And we have that hope today and that promise of life In his letter, in one of his letters in 1 Peter, Peter tells us that praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. The inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. That hope is ours today. And that hope was given to us to share and to encourage others. So as you leave today, I challenge you to, to share your hope. If you know of someone that needs that encouragement, drop them a, a card, call them on the phone, send them a text message. Whatever, just share that hope that you've been given. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.